Hi, everyone. I am Emily Landers, and this is How'd She Do That? A podcast answering that question each episode. Welcome, you guys. Welcome to today's Friday bonus episode. I am so happy that you're tuning in today, and I'm so eager to introduce you to my new friend, Lauren Taylor of Lowell and L.E. Fine Jewelry. You guys are going to be so impressed with Lauren's story. I know I was. She sent me a little bio before we recorded, and I had to double check and say, wait, are you really just 23? <laughs> because she has done so much since graduating from AM. You're going to hear all about it, okay? You're going to hear all about it in her intro, but I wanted to share, this is really fun because there's often times that I am very connected to many of my guests. I stop recording with many of them, and I'm like, okay, we're going to be real-life friends. I can't wait to meet you. And that was definitely the case with Lauren. Not only did we have a connection with many of my former guests, uh, Lyndon Orr being one of them, has modeled for Lauren in the past for Ellie Fine Jewelry and lots of other connections, but we actually wrapped recording and then we ended up talking for another hour afterwards about business and life and just all of the different things that we both have going on. So it was so fun to really get to know Lauren both in the recording and then after the fact, Lauren, that meant so much to me. Well, you guys, Lauren is also kind enough to do a giveaway with us. So you're going to want to head over to Instagram. If you are listening to this on the date that it drops, head over to Instagram at How'd She Do That Podcast. You'll see how you can enter and you Guys, if you find a piece that you love of Lauren's on Lowell or LE Fine Jewelry, head to the checkout and put in HSDT for a little discount code. She was kind enough to extend that to us as well. We are pumped, and I know you guys are going to love hearing her story, and you're going to love checking out her pieces because they are absolutely beautiful. Well, you guys, if you haven't listened to Tuesday's episode with Tova Cito, you definitely should take a listen after this one. Uh, but gosh, without further ado, how about we welcome Lauren Taylor on to How'd She Do That? Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of How'd She Do That? Today's guest, Lauren Taylor, is a 23-year-old entrepreneur located in Dallas, Texas. Lauren graduated from Texas A&M in 2019 with a degree in architecture and a minor in graphic design. Upon graduating, Lauren started a little jewelry business to occupy her time during a lengthy job search. What started as a hobby quickly became her full-time business. And as if one jewelry company wasn't enough, Lauren launched a new company in the spring of 2020 that is solely fine jewelry, L-E, fine jewelry, short for Lauren Elizabeth. Lauren continues to use her degree in architecture to custom design her fine jewelry line. She works closely with manufacturers and jewelers locally in Dallas, Texas, and is currently in the process of attending GIA school to further her education in all things diamonds. When Lauren isn't working on new designs, shipping out her beautiful pieces, or speaking with clients, she is likely reading, dining out with friends, traveling, or enjoying time with her family. Lauren, welcome to How'd She Do That? Hi, Emily. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for the opportunity. You covered that spot on. <laughs> that was all perfectly said. 
Uh, well, I have been so excited to chat with you because we have been kind of far off friends via social media. And now this is like a real life introduction. I'm so excited. I know. Yes. I'm so, so excited to finally meet you via um, the podcast. So thank you yes. again for allowing me to be here. Well, you are so sweet. And I have been so eager to share your story because even as of late, to think of you launching a business just recently, and then of course, originally, we were talking about Lowell, your first company, but oh my goodness, I would love to start kind of from the beginning. I know I mentioned where you went to school and what you majored in, but I'd love to know a little bit more about you. So maybe tell us where are you from? And then perhaps, yeah, tell us a little bit about what that postgraduate season of life was like for you? Yes. So as you mentioned, I studied architecture at Texas A&M in College Station, for those of you familiar. Um, I chose architecture kind of on a whim. My dad's in construction and I knew I loved design, but I quickly learned that architecture wasn't what I was passionate about. Um, but I was passionate about design. So I stuck with that. Um, and I loved it at the time. And my first job, uh, or I think it was during school, was actually did marketing and graphic design um, for a men's fashion company in Dallas um, oh. called Mizzen and Main. So I was at their headquarters, which was so much fun. And I, that was my first time being introduced in, to marketing. Um, so I love that. And so I always you know, thought, well, if I didn't have a job in design after graduation, I could always go to marketing. Um, I would obviously have the minor in graphic design, so um, mm-hmm. I could fall back on that. But I did, I loved um, interior design, but I knew that I didn't want to get my master's in architecture. So that was kind of where I was at post-graduation. Um, but yeah, and so I kind of during my job search was like, you know what, I'm going to start a little hobby, jewelry business. Um, I love all things designer. And um, I think I saw something on Pinterest when I was like, you know what, I have some designer pieces laying around that I could repurpose some jewelry and um, see if I could throw that up on an Etsy shop. So that's exactly what I did. (laughs) And then, uh, yeah, so I, I think I launched my website maybe a month or so later. So, Oh my gosh. So you actually are, well, you're thinking about the job search and you're in that season of life where you're looking to see, okay, what could be my full-time role? And lo and behold, you kind of created your own full-time role, right? (laughs) I mean, you didn't know at the time (laughs) that that is what was going to happen, but it's so fun to me to think about, okay, this beginning stage. So tell us a little bit about, gosh, the inspiration behind it. I mean, you're looking around the house, you're seeing pieces, Pinterest, you find some inspiration. What was the maybe the first step in starting it or getting the Etsy shop created and up and running? Oh, goodness. I feel like looking, I mean, that was almost two years ago. So thinking back on that, I was like, <laughs> I think I just randomly did it one day. Um, I didn't tell any of my friends, which we laugh about that now, but um, <laughs> I genuinely did not think it was going to be a business or anything like that. It was strictly a hobby to keep me um, occupied during the job search. And um, I love vintage shopping and vintage designer pieces. And so um, that was absolutely the inspiration behind that. And I remember like making jewelry when I was in junior high and um, 
when I was very young. So that all kind of came natural to me. Um, so it was just something fun for me to do at the time. And tell me this, because you have, you've mentioned it's, it's specifically, and at the time, was it repurposed designer jewelry? It was, that's absolutely exactly what I started out with. So, um, and I still do that to this day. So. so tell us a little bit about what it looked like to begin getting orders, because you said you didn't even share with friends that this was happening. So you have this shop. When was the point that you kind of felt the momentum of like, okay, wait a second, I think I might be onto something here. Yeah. So I, it was all through Etsy, which is a great platform for anyone um, starting out who doesn't really know what they want to do. Um, the great thing about that is you know, you're in a search engine and so people automatically find you, which was great. Um, but yeah, the shipping process with that was pretty seamless. Um, and then began the process of, okay, if I move to a website, you know, there's all these different platforms, you know, Shopify, Squarespace. Um, I'm not familiar with a lot of the other smaller ones, but, um, there are plenty of options. And so I chose Shopify, which we are still on to this day. And for anyone looking, I couldn't recommend them enough. The shipping is still seamless. And um, I think by, I think I started the Etsy first. And then in the midst of that was my social media. So that all kind of fell in line um, prior to launching the website. So you actually had, okay, this is so fun to think about because when I'm thinking about you and I'm thinking about when we see what it has now become, right? So many of you who are listening, you've probably already seen Lauren's amazing pieces and you're thinking, well, she's so established. She's got this beautiful website and and so many great clients already following her and purchasing, but you're actually on Etsy. And then from Etsy, you begin the social media accounts. Is that correct? Were you pointing people yes. from Etsy to social? What did that look like? Yes. So, um, I remember being very confused about that. Like, you know, how, if I was to get on a website, how to, you know, transfer Etsy clients to a website. Um, so that's really where social media stepped in, um, which I know is the case for plenty of companies. Um, I want to say I maybe had like a 500 to a thousand followers, um, prior to my website. So once that kind of picked up, it was, um, obviously easier to, get those people on my website. So really the organic growth was through Etsy. Is that what I'm hearing? I would say a little bit. Yes. And then, um, largely social media, I would say for sure. So from then it felt like there was a shift to social media was really where you were seeing a lot of clients come. Yes. And then, um, I played around with influencer marketing. Um, and that's when it really, you know, started to take off. Okay. So fun. So at this point, had you hung up your hat on finding another full-time role? Were you like, okay, I'm ready to do this. At what point was there a a price point? Was there a number of items sold that you were able to say, whoa, this hobby is turning into a full-time business. Was there a goal in that? Or was it just something that kind of naturally shifted in that direction? That's so funny. You said that I was trying to think of that earlier. Um, <laughs> there wasn't a specific time. I remember. Um, so after graduation, I was so excited to get back in the Dallas area where my family is. I'm sure you can relate mm. to that. Yes. Um, and so, you know, I remember my parents being like, okay, well, are you still looking for jobs? And then obviously friends would ask me and um, I, I still hadn't told anyone. I don't know why I was so <laughs> worried about like, what people thought, or I don't know what the case was. Um, but 
I, you know, I don't think there was a specific point where I was like, okay, I'm going to stop the job search. Um, I do remember that summer, later that summer, I'd hired a social media agency to start doing my um, photos and like to build the social media. Um, So I would, I would say that was kind of a point where I was like, you know what? I think this is full time. <laughs> wow. We right. When you're outsourcing like the marketing, you're like, okay, wait a second. I think so, this might be a full time job now. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, what sure. did that I mean? Oh my gosh. And tell us a little bit because it's really fun. And you guys, you probably, I'm, I'm going to give you guys an opportunity to look Lauren up, but you may already be familiar with your pieces. At the time, tell us what were some of those first pieces that maybe got a lot of attention or you felt like, okay, my clients are really resonating with these. Oh goodness. I love this question. Um, it's so fun to think back on that. So right? I remember I found this vintage Gucci belt, which, and it's a beautiful piece, but like more of an outdated piece, I would say. Um, and I had cut it up and turned it into little bracelets. And I I would say they sold out in maybe, um, just a few weeks, which was crazy at the time because, you know, I was still starting out. Um, so it's so fun to look back on things like that. And I actually just, that belt has been so hard to find and I just found another one. So, um, we just launched that new collection again, but yeah, it's been very fun. No, did you know, because you, you mentioned this earlier that at, there were different times in life, even when you were younger, you loved doing vintage shopping and checking out designer jewelry or designer pieces, bags, et cetera, et cetera. But was there a point, I mean, when you knew exactly where to find these things? Because, and I'm kind of breaking it down really, really like to the details with Lowell, but you're actually going out and finding vintage pieces. And like you just said, in case you guys missed that, cutting up a Gucci belt, right? And creating these amazing, one-of-a-kind, beautiful pieces. How are you sourcing these at this point? Or or in the beginning, like you said, was it really pieces that maybe were worn and you were done with? What, what did it look like? And where are you at now with that in how you source your, your items? Yes. So in the very beginning, um, I remember going to local Dallas vintage um, consignment stores and boutiques that sold authenticated items and talking to them. And then they would kind of direct me to people or collectors, um, just anything along the lines of that. Um, But from the very beginning, I was very adamant on keeping, you know, 100% authenticated material. So wherever I was purchasing, I wanted to make sure that it was what it said it was. So, um, and now I like, I do some shopping online, but I still much prefer seeing things in person before I buy, but only, and to this day, I'm still, um, doing only 100% authentic pieces. So that's amazing. That's so amazing because there are so many that, you know, I feel like, and I could be wrong on this, but I feel like your eye and the designs that you've come up with since your, I feel like you're kind of an OG in this department in my, at least in my experience, I've Lowell was what introduced me to any kind of repurposed designer jewelry into these amazing pieces. But I feel like since then there has been a shift in, in more jewelry designers seeing the success that likely you have had, um, and that they're thinking the same way, but to have it be authenticated is so amazing. And I love that that's something that you're continuing to do. 
Well, I want to I want to step back for a second because I find it so interesting that you were actually able to step in and get this marketing agency to come in and assist with social media. Tell us a little bit about that because a lot of times, so many of my guests, they're juggling so many plates as they do all of these different things. What was it that pushed you to say, hey, I really think that I need some assistance in this and I'm actually going to outsource it to a marketing agency? Yes. Yeah, so I... I still to this day struggle with that. Um, But that's one thing not many people talk about when starting a business is outsourcing. You know, I know I kind of get it in my head now, even I need to do everything on my own, um, even if it's not something I'm good at, which is not a great way to, you know, obviously funds come into play and all of that. But it's not a great way to look at things just because there are things I'm not good at. Um, and I can say photography is not one of them (laughs) as much as I love it. um, I wanted to, you know, a part of me during that time was like, okay, I want this to be legitimate. I want to feel like I'm running a business. Um, and so I want to start outsourcing. So, um, pictures were, was the first thing that came to mind with that. And I worked with an amazing agency with that. So, um, they really taught me a lot and helped me a lot during that time. So I think it's very, very important. Do your research if you're interested. Um, Don't just go with anyone. Or if you want to do it yourself, hire an amazing photographer, hire models. um, And, you know, just there's a lot that goes into it, but it is a great place to start. Oh, that's awesome. I love that advice. And and for anyone who's listening and you're thinking about, gosh, I want to, I want to do something. I have stuff around my house that I want to figure out. And maybe it's drawer, maybe it's handbags, who knows what it might be that you want to step into. But I love the encouragement that Lauren's sharing here of look and see what you can outsource and figure out if there's a way to do so that, so that you can hone in and really focus in on what it is that you love. Now, Lauren, what was it for you that you handed that plate off to someone else at that time? What was it that you were really focusing on at this point? Are you still shipping everything out yourself? I mean, orders are coming in like crazy and you're packaging them. What, what was that side of the business like? Yeah. So that was exactly what I was doing. Um, I've been hands-on from day one. Um, and I still do the shipping, which is very fun because not many people would say this, but that is my favorite part. Um, I love seeing everything come together Uh and it just makes me feel so great going to the post office. Um, but yeah, I was doing all the back end, um, doing the website, email marketing. I was getting into that, um, and shipping. So those were the main things. Oh my gosh. That's so crazy to think about you having your hands on so many different entities. And again, you guys, for those of you who are listening, think about this. This is just 2019. We're right when I say way back when you're doing this, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> this was 2019. Yeah. The time frame that I'm looking at is incredible to think about the the success that you've seen and all that you've done. Well, I'd love to dive in because I know that since then, gosh, since Lowell, you've actually launched another company, as I mentioned in the intro, a whole other business. Tell us a little bit more about Ellie Fine Jewelry and what was the shift um, that made you want to start another business? What did that look like? Yeah, so it was a pretty big shift, actually. Um, So to backtrack, um, I started my first business in 2019. I had been in business, I would say, around seven months, so less than a year. Um, And I woke up one day and all of my social media accounts were gone. So, um, 
I was just mind blown. I had no idea what was going on. Um, it turns out someone, so I'd previously launched under another name and it turned out that someone owned the trademark to that name. Um, and like I previously mentioned, I'd never started that as, um, or I never intended it for it to be a business. And so I didn't, you know, follow through with setting up a business and go through all that. I think I'd gone to the courthouse and gotten a DBA, um, which works great, but I think this, this person was in a completely another state. So it was all online that this kind of happened. Um, so that was a huge, uh, diversion in my road. So I immediately had to hire lawyers, had to get all of that taken care of, um, had to deal with the trademark on their end, on my end, um, and look into a name change. So for someone who had no business background, my parents helped me with that a lot. They're both entrepreneurs. So um, that obviously, I was so grateful for that. But it was a whole new world of things that I didn't know I was supposed to take care of, which sounds silly to say now. But at the time, I was so embarrassed. I was like, you know, I should have known to do this and to check on these things. But in reality, not many people know about that. Um, Yes. And so, but it is, it's important to know. So um, in that time, all I could think about was, well, I just had this great, you know, less than a year in business and all of it was gone. So, um, and even to put things into perspective for you, the month that this happened, I won't like get into numbers too much, but I just finished our biggest month ever. And I hit, I think over 12,000 in sales in the next month that was non-existent. So it was a lot, um, a lot of stress at that point. I'll say, I'll say, so you literally woke up and your, the social media accounts were gone. Is, does this include Etsy? Is your Etsy shop down? I mean, you wake up and this stuff has been taken down. Yeah. So it was, it was all gone. So by then, um, I had transitioned from Etsy. So I'd since shut down the Etsy store. Um, this was at the end of 2019. So I was only on, um, my website, which was, which was good. Um, but yeah, everything was taken down and I was so confused. (laughs) Those of you who are listening, if we woke up and our social media accounts were gone, we'd be like, what the heck did, and and you can share, you can share this if possible. Did they reach out to you via email or did your website get a a notification that this was happening? How did you actually figure out what was going on? So my website was never, um, affected, but obviously all of my sales came from, um, from largely from Instagram and some from Facebook. So, um, yeah, I, I think I'd gotten an email from Facebook and something about copyright infringement and all of that, which, you know, I had no idea at the time what that was. And, um, so it started a long process. Um, I didn't get my accounts back for, I think three to four months. Um, and I was still working with that social media agency at the time. And I was I don't know what to do. And they had, you know, I don't know if they had ever dealt with anything like that before, but I felt terrible. Um, so it was a really huge point of um, learning in my life. So I had to really focus on adjusting my mindset from, you know, why did this happen to me to what can I learn from this? So um, in the midst of all of that happening, I obviously had a lot of downtime and I knew that I loved <laughs> I loved business and I loved having my own business, but 
also I knew that there was a chance that maybe this wouldn't work work out again and I couldn't get it back running. Um, and so I still love jewelry. And so that's when uh, the idea of Ellie Fine Jewelry came about. Um, so I spent that time fine-tuning the details for that. And I started from step one, and that was, you know, getting an LLC. Um, <laughs> and I followed everything exactly on doing my taxes and EIN numbers and trademarks. And so <laughs> there's a ton of information out there that is very hard to grasp when starting business. But I wanted to make sure that I did all of that correctly, and I feel very proud of that. <laughs> Oh, yes. Well, as you should. I mean, and and to your credit and to Lauren's credit, I love that she would share all of this with us because oftentimes we can see, you know, businesses like Lowell, like Ellie Fine Jewelry, like yourself, Lauren, and think, oh, wow, well, smooth sailing for her. You know, look, look how easy it's been. And wow, Lauren just shared with us. I mean, there are so many things that we can learn along the way. And you guys also, I want to remind you, not only are we working on a very short time frame, 2019 is the start of this story, but Lauren is also 23 years old. She just graduated from Texas A&M in 2019. So to think of you, Lauren, having this experience, but now being able to share, especially with my listeners. So many of you are young. You might be thinking about, okay, how can I start a business? Listen to Lauren's story, listen to what she learned and listen to how she did it the second time around. And I love thinking too, sometimes we can think, oh, well, you know, I'm, I've got a one shot in life with a business, but for entrepreneurs like Lauren, you might have quite a few businesses come and go and come back. And so I am loving this part of your story. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Now, yeah. I'd love to know what what has been some of the most fun things starting LE Fine Jewelry, because this is a whole other entity. I mean, at this point, you know, looking to the future, you're going to be going to GIA school and, and learning more about diamonds. But what was it when you thought, okay, I want to make a fine jewelry line? What does that even entail? Where, where do you even begin? How did you get started? <laughs> it was absolutely a process. Um, I remember getting the idea and then um, I went to several local jewelers just to kind of learn um, how I could even start this. Is it even possible? Um, right. And then I found a manufacturer. I quickly got some custom samples in. And then in the midst of getting all the business side of things taken care of, I um, had my first photo shoot. And so that was kind of the start of that. But I would say my number one thing um, that I couldn't recommend enough to anyone wanting to start a business um, was I hired a business consultant. And oh. um, I'll talk more about her at the end because I think she would be a great person to come on the episode. But oh. she is who taught me, you know, delegate what you're not good at. Um, don't be afraid to ask for help um, and just get all of your resources in line before starting business. And, um, she helped me so much with marketing and website and background and all of that. So I couldn't recommend someone like that enough. If you are serious about starting a business. Wow. Oh my gosh. That's amazing to think about someone kind of laying that out for you. What was something that perhaps surprised you with, with what she taught you in that beginning stage? Oh, great question. So, um, I even though I already had a, a previous business, um, and by by the time I hired her, 
you know, all was good with Lowell. I had the name change um, and everything was back up and running. But I obviously didn't know certain things to do from the very beginning. Um, Like, for example, I didn't know what an EIN number was or anything like that. Um, So it's important that those things get taken care of. But obviously not everyone um, knows that. And so um, just even the little things like that and finding someone to do your taxes, how important accountants are, anything along the lines of that, um, someone like that can really help you with. Oh my gosh. Well, it sounds like you have gotten all of the different different things you needed to tweak and figure out. You've done so in the quickest, this might be the quickest turnaround ever from, from going <laughs> from a complete name change to starting a new line and a new business entirely. I'm, I'm really impressed to hear this because I did not know that part of the story, which is so cool. Well, what has Thank been your you. favorite? Oh, it's, it's so impressive, Lauren. Um, what has <laughs> been, what has been maybe your favorite thing about the fine jewelry side of things? Oh my goodness. I am so nerdy when it comes to diamonds. Um, <laughs> I would say next to designer, that's like diamonds are my favorite thing. Um, I think it's so fascinating to learn about the process. And I've really gotten to learn more about the actual jewelry making process and fine jewelry to be specific. Mm. Um, you know, what goes into all of that is insane. Um, every jeweler is so impressive to me. That's not to say that it's my long-term goal, but I would say the fine jewelry is my dream job. You know, Lowell's not going anywhere, but I would love um, for them to obviously coexist in my future. But I do really, really love the fine jewelry side of things. That's so cool. Well, I, I think there'll be some success in your future for sure. This is just the beginning. And if we track your timeline, success seems to go just in an upward direction for you. So I'm, I'm happy that, that that will likely be the case. Well, we've covered so many different entities of, of the business and we've only really scratched the surface. I feel like I could talk to you forever, but I do want to know what has been a real wow moment for you with, with either of your businesses. Um, what's been a, a moment that you really stepped back and thought, okay, wow, this is pretty cool. Oh, so 100%, I would say being on this podcast, um, (laughs) I was so excited when you reached out to me, bucket list for sure. Um, But another recent one for Lowell was we were just featured in Refinery29. Um, Oh my gosh. So I was so excited about that. I kept getting all these orders in from New York and I was so confused. Um, but yeah, and then a client reached out and said that they had um, that they work at Refinery Twenty One Twenty Nine, and that um, they had all like recommended to put me on there. So I was so excited about that. Oh my gosh, was that online? I want to see. It was. Yes, I'll have to send you the link. And those of you who are listening, um, maybe we'll post it. We'll we'll post a screenshot or something so you guys can see it as well because that yes, that yes. is so fun. Was that one of the first publications, or have you had others that you've been like? Because I guess publications don't always say, "Hey, we're going to highlight you." It's usually after the fact. Yeah. Well, no one had reached out, so I had no idea. I didn't know that was a thing. Um, so as far as I know, that's the only one, um, which is good enough for me. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, but, many more yeah, to was, come, I'm sure. Oh, I could only hope. But um, yeah, I thought it was funny that I just had no idea. <laughs> oh, 
That's so fun. Interesting. I, I'm going to stay tuned because I bet there will be more of those like that. It's fun to think about. Um, yeah, just different times that you're like, oh my gosh, wow. I, yeah. Well, we'll have to we'll have to share that because that's really really cool. And you're so sweet to say the podcast as well. I I appreciate that and love it. Yes. Oh my well, gosh. Both are very exciting times. Yes, definitely. Well, I think too, you know, it's so fun to have women like yourself on and and there's always a little bit of a theme kind of with the design element, whether it be a mom or a grandmother or someone that maybe has inspired you in the past with, with your designs. But I'd love to know specifically for you, uh, where do you think your eye for design and style comes from? I would say that growing up, I was, um, I'm the only girl, so I was always very creative um, and definitely like a girly girl. So um, I've always loved all things fashion and designer and all of that. Um, so then when I got into A&M um, and did the design route, I like really honed in on that and got to see another side of design, which I appreciate just as much. So I would say what I learned in school, um, that like definitely plays a huge part in the elements of design and the jewelry and all of that. Well, it's so cool to think too. And and for those of you who are listening, you may be a, a longtime college grad like myself, or you may be in college. You might actually still be a student. And I love to to think of guests like Lauren's and Lauren's story specifically today, thinking about, okay, her degree is in architecture. It's like, wait, what? And then a minor in graphic design. It's like, wait, what? Is she using those? But you absolutely are. When you're going in and seeing the intricate detail with diamonds or designing a beautiful necklace or repurposing designer jewelry, I mean, all of that, I'm sure, ties back to your major. But also, you guys, an encouragement for those who are listening, perhaps you're stepping into a field that has nothing to do with your major. Keep listening to these episodes because a lot of my guests do that. I mean, there are so many women who've graduated with degrees and are like, wait, hold on, what? And so it's really cool, Lauren, to hear, and gosh, you could probably pick up architecture at some point in your career as well if you wanted to, but I love love that it's been a great kind of uh, foundation for you to take the next steps in, in design and whatnot. That's absolutely what it was, was a foundation. Um, And yeah, anyone who doesn't know what they want to do or wants to take a career change or anything like that, um, you know, don't ever feel like, you know, oh, I shouldn't have done this because, you know, it may not have led you to where you are now. Um, Mm. I can honestly say that I probably wouldn't have started a business without going through architecture um, and seeing all of that, but it definitely is something that I could pick up on later in life if I ever wanted to. But mm. yeah, it definitely plays a huge part in both businesses. Absolutely, for sure. I mean, you can see it in in everything that you do. And again, you guys, I'm going to give you a chance to connect with Lauren here in a little bit. I know you're dying to do so, but I would love to know. I can't let you go without asking just a few more questions. And and this is a loaded one, so I'm giving you a little heads up. This one's loaded. <laughs> But I'd love to know, what is perhaps the greatest lesson you have learned? I would say, you know, and this is to anyone, but trial and error, you know, if you start something and it fails, you know, that's okay. At least you started something. Um, Even if you're back at square one, you know, this, both my businesses can fail and, um, 
you know, I could start something else. You know, it's not the end of the world if something doesn't work out, but as long as you give whatever it is, all of your effort, um, and be patient and pray about it. I would say, um, you're, you're going to be all right. There was a lot in the time of thinking that my business had failed, um, and me just being confused and not knowing what was next for me. So, um, it's really important to just be patient and it will all work out, you know, might not be what you expect, but it will. Mm, that's such great advice. And I, I, yeah, I can't agree enough. I've had, I've had many different businesses that I thought, oh, that failed. Oh, that didn't take off like <laughs> yes. I thought it would. <laughs> yeah. But I have, it, it, yeah, it does. And I think that one of the coolest things, I mean, someone like Lauren, you guys who you, she can truly say she is an entrepreneur because part of being an entrepreneur is businesses coming, going, coming back, getting bigger, getting smaller, that that's just part of it. And I love just her encouragement to be patient, keep persevering, right? And continue to see what might come your way. Well, Lauren, yes, what, what are you learning now? So I, like you mentioned, I am in the process of starting GIA school. So I'm so excited to learn more about that. Um, and diamonds, of course, um, yes. for Ellie Fine Jewelry. And then for Lowell, we have some very exciting things. So we actually just opened up for wholesale. So I'm very excited oh. to learn more about – that's a whole nother world, but learn more about oh. wholesale um, from retail. And we will actually be at the Dallas Trade Center in June for our first trade show. So I'm so pumped about that. Oh my gosh. Well, that's a whole other conversation there. And for those who are listening, and you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong, but for those who are listening, you're thinking, okay, wait, what's wholesale? Wholesale, and here here I go, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> wholesale is actually when you can take a, a, a bulk a, amount of items, right? And, and boutiques and other brick and mortar shops can purchase it at a lower price, right? Is that how that works? And and yes. then you're actually able to be in their store. Yes, absolutely. Spot on. So um, obviously our, not our entire line will be able to be wholesale because most of it is, um, you know, limited edition designer pieces. Right. So, um, but we have a lot of new, exciting um, like gold filled pieces and more layerable jewelry to do wholesale. So I'm so excited about that. Um, I've been working closely with the manufacturer get that all taken care of. Um, yeah, I'm very excited to see what, see all the wholesale side of things. Wow. Yes. Oh my gosh. Is there, are there any dream boutiques or, or dream clients that you could share with us and maybe we can keep an eye out? Oh my goodness. I think I would love anywhere in Dallas. I, I love all the Dallas boutiques. I'm sure you can relate to that, but, yes. um, just any of the, any of those, I would say. I can't even think of okay. one off the top of my head. But. Well, I, I I can think of. I'm going to think of a few. I was at a I was at a little pop up with um, another podcast guest in Dallas. I'm going to. It was such a cute boutique. So so stay tuned. I might have to send you their name because they were really cute. And yes, um, gosh, I, I could that. I could see your stuff all over Dallas. So this is very exciting. <laughs> yes, it is exciting. I'm I'm praying that all of it works out and I can get everything ready before June. It's there's so much to it. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, we, if, for those of you who are listening, one thing that's fun about the podcast, you might actually be listening after June, head over and see what's been going on. See what Lauren's been up to, because by then yeah. we might have some answers. 
Yeah. And so I'll post, um, you know, booth information and all of that. If there's any buyers out there uh, that wants oh, to stop by yes. and see us. So. Oh my gosh. Well, Lauren, I feel like there was so many different things. We might have to do a, a bonus, an, like a bonus, bonus episode, another conversation with you in the future, because I just know there's so many amazing and wonderful things coming for you. But I do want to know, it, it, we covered so much, but is there anything we didn't cover that you'd like to? Oh, I think we did cover everything. Um, (laughs) I would just say, you know, if for anyone starting something, you're not going to have it all figured out um, Mm. and that's okay. And, you know, like we touched on earlier, it is okay to fail. Um, You know, obviously I pray that both of these businesses work out for me, but if they don't, you know, it'll be okay. So just be patient (laughs) and it'll all be okay. (laughs) Yes. And, and hard work pays off. And, and it's obvious that you have been working hard to get these businesses up and running. And for those of you who are listening, what an amazing opportunity for us to encourage and support Lauren by checking out her pieces. And you guys, if you see anything, go ahead and grab something, represent and love on Lauren, because it's really fun to highlight businesses like yourself, where we know exactly where the pieces are coming from, who's creating it. I mean, it's, it's so, so cool and so important. Well, Lauren, I'd love to know, and, and you are a listener of the podcast, which I so appreciate. So, you know, this is one of my favorite questions. I love asking this question because I love meeting women through networking and, and having somebody say, you've got to meet her. You've got to meet her. So I'd love to know who do you know that should maybe come on and share their, how'd she do that story? Yeah. So, um, I have three people off the top of my mind. Um, so first one would be Gracie Chambers. So she was my business consultant. Um, she is just a wealth of knowledge. She taught me so much. Um, I know she started her own business, I believe in college and she actually sold that moved to corporate marketing world. Um, now she has her own, um, consulting firm. So she would be perfect. Um, so we'll have to, I'll have to connect y'all both on that. And then, um, also, someone else that I've worked with is Mary Ralph and Lyle Lawson. So they actually did my um, photography and content creation when I first started um, and through their social agency um, brand. So they would be perfect. I know they would have so much to talk about as well. We'll have to connect everyone. That is so fun. And I know Mary Ralph is out here in uh, Malibu as well. So that is so fun to think about connecting with them. And I love the recommendation of Gracie too, to have a consultant on. I think that would be incredible. And Lyle as well. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you again. This has been so much fun. And I know that many of you who are listening, you've already looked Lauren up. You may have already purchased a beautiful piece, but Lauren, where can listeners connect with you? Yeah, so I am on um, Instagram at shop underscore Lowell um, and then at Daily Diamond Fix for fine jewelry. Um, and you can sign up for our newsletters for both websites um, and yeah, get up to date on all things jewelry. Uh, we also have two codes for um, any listeners who want some some jewelry and that's HSBT for both. So be sure to check out that. 
Fabulous. Well, thank you so much for that. And you guys, this is going to be so much fun. We can't wait to hear what you think of not only this episode, but Lauren's beautiful pieces. And Lauren, I cannot thank you enough. This was so much fun. I truly could talk to you forever. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. Yes, I've enjoyed that so much. And um, I'm just so appreciative to be here. It was, I feel like We've known each other forever, (laughs) but I've enjoyed (laughs) this and it was great to finally connect with you. Uh, Likewise. And I'm looking forward to hopefully thanking you in person at some point too. Yes. We'll have to connect in Dallas sometime next time you're home. Um, Thank you all for listening to today's episode of How'd She Do That? I am Emily Landers. You can follow me on Instagram at Emily Landers and the podcast at How'd She Do That Podcast. We hope you'll join us next week for a new episode. Talk to you soon.